Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. It's 4 o'clock on the number one sports talk show for your drive home. Nobody knows Atlanta like Brian Jordan. And, and B, it's good to have you back on, man. B, tell me where you got this yaya from, man. What, to give, give us the origin of this. You know what? It's crazy, man. I just threw it out there one day, man. All of a sudden, <laughs> you know, the fans started picking up on it and, and liking it. Before we let you go, you just just for our audience, man, you got to give me a yaya. Give me one, man. Yaya, baby. This is Dukes and Bell. On Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. We embrace our people. Brian Jordan. Friend of the show. Baseball's mm. right around the corner. Pitchers and catchers going to report here in a couple of weeks, Mike. Uh, less than that, actually. Ten days or something like that. Twelve days. Either way, uh, I'm excited about this Braves team, man. I am. Right. I, I know, again, we're all still, you know, yeah. I know. we're sobbing about not having Dansby Swanson around. Um, but I still think we're going to have a really good team. And, and I was looking at the starting pitching. As a matter of fact, over the weekend, I was just looking at it. Max Freed loses his arbitration case over the weekend. He won it last year, but lost it this year. Yeah, yeah. and you know, again, Freed's going to get he's going to get paid. Okay, but is he going to get paid here? Oh, well, that's a good question. I mean, it, it depends, Mike. I think you know he's done a lot. He, he ultimately was the best pitcher in our World Series year, mm-hmm. um, and finishes the deal, but. You know, he wanted a little bit more than what, what the Braves were willing to offer, so they go to arbitration. Either way, he's going to make a lot of money when it's all said and done. He's going to be one of the top pitchers in the league. Yeah, and we heard uh, Brian Jordan that was from earlier this summer. As we know, that Chip Carey is moving on to the Cardinals to be part of that uh, Bally Sports uh, Network. Um, I hope Tom Hart gets this. Quinville and I were just talking about it. I think okay. Tom would be a nice piece. He's a good dude. But I know right now, they like, they have a lot of talented guys. I'm, it's Paul Bird to me is fun to listen to. I love Frenchie. They got a nice – I wouldn't mind him. I said this a few weeks ago when the Chip Carey thing came down. What about rotating guys in there? You know, letting, hey, have Moylan be the first Australian play-by-play guy. Who cares? Have some fun with it. Not sure what they're going to do, but I, presume, I don't imagine something about that will come down soon. Yeah, listen, I think baseball is unique. Maybe I'm wrong about this. And, and Mike, it's not a bad suggestion. Listen, I don't know. I mean, we've seen these shows rotate guys in. We're seeing it more and more on television. But I think baseball, you kind of want to know your guy. Right? Right. As that's, that's the comfortable it recliner is. you're slipping into it exactly is. it's yeah. that dude it's that sh- it's that sport where that's my guy that's my broadcaster i know i'm going to watch him or i'm going to hear him um but we'll see I- i'm curious to see what they're going to do as well it's dukes and bell sports radio 929 the game we're going to hear more from our defensive coordinator ryan nielsen who spoke today to the media we've been waiting to hear from this guy mm-hmm. i said it earlier in the show i'll say it again i'm impressed now that doesn't mean we'll have a top five defense right doesn't mean we're going to have a, a defense that takes us to the Super Bowl. All that's got to be built out. All the work has to be put in. But I understand why he got the job. Because you interview all these guys, and then you're trying to figure out, does he fit? Does he want to do the things we like to do? Do we have the same philosophy? What about players? And, and you get a sense that him and Arthur are on the same page. But, Mike, he said a, a bunch of things today, including um, we'll let you hear. He talked about Jerry Gray, who's coming in with major play-calling experience and now the title of assistant head coach, but he's going to help out in the secondary. And then he talked about Grady. He talked about Troy Anderson. 
And uh, there's a lot about about this guy. I'm talking about Ryan Nielsen that we're still going to have to figure out, but I like what I'm hearing. Yeah, man, it's a good energy, good attitude. And uh, we also learned this weekend that Sean Payton was very interested in taking him with him to Denver. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's obviously got, uh, you know, we kind of swooped in and grabbed him. So you'll hear what he's got to say. The other thing also is, and we'll get to this in the Falcon Report, the Saints' new hire for their defense <laughs> is... Not very compelling, if I'm honest. So we actually, it's kind of a net gain of maybe two. We took their defensive coach, and they hired a guy who's maybe not that good to replace him. So we'll see how it goes. All right, guys, it's Dukes and Bell Sports Radio, 92.9 The Game. More with Ryan Nielsen coming up here in less than 10 minutes. You'll hear from our new D.C. Right now, let's talk some dogs. Dukes and Bell on the sidelines with with the the dogs. dogs. The Dog Report is brought to you by Engineered Solutions of Georgia, a proud partner of the Georgia Bulldogs. Now, if you listen to this show every day, and I hope you do, you know it's not just about the dogs. It's always about college football and what's going on. And sometimes it's about your competition. And, Mike, this weekend it was about the competition because Kevin Steele leaves Miami, the U, to go back to Alabama. Now, this is a place he's familiar with. And you go, all right, so this is the guy that Nick Saban wanted as his defensive coordinator. Mike, I guess. Here's the thing. Is this thinking out of the box, or is this just going with an old head that you trust? Yeah, it's a little bit of that. Um, I guess, you know, I, I guess some Bama fans, well, Bama fans have been living in that, you know, exalted national championship every every other year kind of world, so they're a little underwhelmed. They were not exactly blown away by Tony uh, Tommy Reese either, but I think that's probably a, a, more, a more compelling hire. It's kind of like how Georgia fans, some feel about Stacey Searles, right? Okay. Because he's been around. Yeah, yeah. And Kevin Steele is kind of like... Well, the last 17, 18 years, he's strictly SEC for the most part. He's bounced around. He was at Auburn. You know, he's a guy who's at Alabama back in the day. So he's an OG for the SEC. But some would say, by saving standards, it's not the best, not, not the, the most compelling. I'll go back to that. Not the most compelling hire. I feel you. And, and here's the thing. He's 64 years old. Again, experience is not the issue. He's been around, done it. But as he leaves Miami, Miami also loses his offensive coordinator. So, Mike, in a year where Mario Cristobal all of a sudden now is having to replace both his offensive and defensive coordinators, it creates a void for the U. And everybody thinks they're on the right path, at least getting back to, you know, respectability and being mm. a, a dominant program. It hasn't happened yet, but it doesn't help in your first year when you ha- when you lose both your OC and your, your uh, DC in the right. same same offseason. Get humiliated by your in-state rival. Also, the fact that, uh, you know, you got all these big high, high-powered recruits that don't really look like they're all living up to the billing, to be honest with you. Um, yeah, the Georgia Bulldogs still got to hope that Munkin doesn't leave. There's really no news on the Munkin front. No. Hashtag, what'd you say? Keep your hands off my Munkin. Yes, sir. Got to get a copyright there. Put that on a shirt. Hey, uh, one Georgia note, and this one kind of stinks. Marvin Jones Jr. is apparently banged up again. Nolan Smith and Beal are moving on, Carl, to the NFL. Dog Nation had the story from our buddy Connor posted this morning. But they're getting a little thin at the linebacker core. One of the linebackers left to go to Nebraska. You got a bunch of guys, as we said, leaving, moving on. Shambliss is coming back. But here's a dude who's been dealing with some health issues. And apparently now, Marvin Jones, you know, it's going to be interesting to see if he can hopefully be able to go and be healthy. Wow. Stay healthy is key. It is. It's Dukes and Bell. It's our dog report. Um, the other news today, and it includes a former dog, but you're always a dog. And that's A.J. Green posting a short note on his Insta today, retiring after a 12-year NFL career. Special thank you to the University of Georgia, the Cincinnati Bengals, and the Arizona Cardinals for the opportunity to pursue my dreams. I've stayed true to the game, and it owes me nothing. I love A.J. Green. I've always liked his game. I thought he had a hell of a career, Mike. Um, 
He says the next chapter begins, but he gives that big shout-out to the dogs. Mm. A lot of people didn't know how good A.J. Green was until they saw him in a dog uniform, you know, and it gets back to having this elite passing game, right? You go back to all these guys that have been a part of it, including our own Randy McMichael, who've built this thing that you go, hey, we want more of that, and now it's kind of where we are. You've seen how dynamic the passing game can be. They're getting all the top-notch wide receivers they want. They're getting all the best tight ends they want. And a lot of that has to do with guys like A.J. Green. Now, you could argue we had that conversation last week about Mike Bobo. Should he have had more than 23 touchdowns in his career at Georgia? And would that have led to perhaps more chances at a SEC, another SEC championship and run to the big one, the national? I believe he should have, but I also believe that as the game evolves, when you get into college, whatever's hot, mm. was it hot to throw to a guy like A.J. Green as much or as they should have or, or maybe more? Mike, I thought they didn't go to him enough. I agree with you. I thought he should have had more in college. But, that you know, all yeah. these guys would probably tell you that, right? The it, problem he had was, it was in no disrespect to Joe Cox, but Joe Cox was the gap guy. Yep. Because you had Matthew Stafford, and then later on Aaron Murray came on. And Aaron Murray, of course, led you to the 2012. By that time, though, he was, he gone. was gone in 2011. Him and Julio in the same draft. But A.J. Green, I think I remember being at that LSU game with uh, Plops and the, the, the ridiculous celebration penalty in the end zone. But, man, A.J. Green was a stud. And cool that he gives a love back to UGA. Uh, by the way, while we're talking about Green, um, you just mentioned Julio drafted in that same draft. Is it time for him to call it quits? You know what? When he was healthy, I mean, he had a big diving catch against the Cowboys. He had some big you know, individual moments, but you can count him on one hand, one hand. Yeah. at this stage. Yeah. But, hey, I'm not going to tell the guy when to shut it down. No. Guys know when their body has had enough and, and they're mentally not in it, it, it kind of is what it is. I would never say Julio quit now unless he was a shell of himself. Right. Like, a ball hits him in the chest, Mike, three times in a game, and he just completely, you know, blows the, blows the catch. No, he's still, he's still showing some athletic. I mean, he, is. he can still pop. That was the thing. You know, he, he had one great game for the Titans. He had one good game for the Bucks. But that's where you're at at the stage of his career. Guys are always hitting us up. We should bring Julio. Uh, no. Come on. No. Uh, for for 900000 sure. Yeah. It's not I, the way it works. Yeah, that's the problem, Mike. He's still commanding $3, 4000000 million. Right. I think he made $3 million with the Bucks this year. Either way. Just something to think about as A.J. Green steps away. All right, when we come back, what did our new D.C. have to say about Grady Jarrett? You will want to hear it coming up next on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Lord, have mercy. On Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Dukes and Bell on a Monday. Enjoy this beautiful weather. As we've been crying about the weather for the last week, it's raining and it sucked. <laughs> and today it's been really, really nice out. Uh, Mike and I were just talking about the Super Bowl all week. We're going to have guests on throughout the, the week. Colin Wilcott stopped by earlier, said he thinks both teams will score over 20 points. Um, he does not believe mm. that the Chiefs' defense will be able to get to Jalen Hurts like they did right. Joe Burrow because Burrow had a broken down offensive line and it played a huge role in the AFC Championship game. But you were just saying um, you think it comes back to the Chiefs. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's been a. I started off strong. I was the leader for a while. Then you dominated the last quarter of our pick segment this year. But, uh, yeah, I just – I got to get back, man. I lost too much. Again, here's the worst scenario. I lost too much money in December and January. So, I just called my guy. I it's, been, it's been tough. I it's been a it, tough, tough football season. I think it may go back to the Chiefs right now. It's the Eagles as a one and a half. But I, I locked it in. I, I got the Chiefs getting one and a half today. So, my bet's in. Yeah, well. But I just I – just, I'm – I I, uh, I kind of counted out Patrick Mahomes in that bad ankle against the Bengals, and we know how that turned out. So, and then Jalen is Jalen Hurts going to be 
up to the task because, you know, they will try to take it away. As you said, Will Cotts thinks he's still going to make it happen. Either way, I think we're going to get a great game. But I just, I don't know, man. I'm going to go I'm gonna go with the big, uh, big Kool-Aid man and uh, Patrick Mahomes. Well, they got to do something to neutralize that D-line. And it's going to be a big task. Mm. It's something we'll talk about all week long. Let's talk about our D-line because our new defensive coordinator, Ryan Nielsen, spoke to the media today for the first time. Uh, he was hired, immediately left and went to Vegas. He was out there with the coaching staff for the East-West Shrine game. And, Mike, um, the thing that he talked about today and he was asked about is how do you reshape this defense? Well, the most important thing is there's some good players here. And so however that player looks, we're going to find a fit. And wherever that fit is within the system, you know, we'll make that work. Um, it's a player's game. And there's a, there's a ton of different ways to do it. And so, you know, if he's a little bit undersized or a little bit bigger or w- whatever the case is of the player, we'll find – somewhere in the system for that player to fit. Thank you. Bingo. Thank you. Give me the best players and let me figure it out. I've said this for years. Oh, well, we can't draft him. I mean, we already got one of those guys. Screw that. Give me as many of those guys as you possibly can. And then let me figure it out. Ryan, thank you so much. Because if he would have came in here and Mike said, well, we need a, you know, a certain kind of guy, 6'5", 340 pounds. If he doesn't fit that, uh, it's going to be hard for him to fit this defense. I don't want to hear that. I want guys that can play and then let's figure it out. And that was a great Thomas Dimitrov, remember? Well, you know, we have our, um, we have our own metrics that we use and we apply. Yeah, let's overthink it. Get the best freaking players. Now, there, where, where sometimes the rubber hits the road a little bit differently than people expect is a guy can be a stud in the NFL. And he was nothing in college. Or it just didn't pop. And maybe he's the right size in and, and the scheme, et cetera. Sometimes a guy can be a stud. Like, I know a lot of guys last week, Squid Billy and I were debating with some folks on Twitter about N'Kobe Dean. Yeah. Undersized. Player. That, yeah, but he had, a, he had the chest, he had the pectoral injury, but he was undersized. And that's why he fell to the third. And eventually, when he can crack the starting line with the Eagles, maybe he will have an amazing NFL career. But purely on what they saw at the Combine, and this is where some guys say, well, they got it wrong. N'Kobe Dean will be better. Troy Anderson's already had a bigger impact in the NFL. Troy Anderson had like 60-some-odd tackles, popped on special teams. And, again, I'm, I'm with those guys. Initially, I was like, why didn't we just draft N'Kobe Dean? There's a different set of, of things you're looking for for the NFL. Sometimes the great college play doesn't translate to the NFL. Maybe N'Kobe Dean will. But Anderson was one member. A lot of guys kind of, what? What's that about? He's doing a hell of a job this year. He, how does he fit? I'm curious to see if, is this the guy where he really reaches full potential mm. in a Ryan Nielsen defense where he can really let this guy go sideline, which he was doing anyway, sideline to sideline making plays, rushing the passer. Yeah, it's a good point. Let's hear what uh, Ryan Nielsen had to say about Grady Jarrett. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Explosive tough, um, disruptive, um, 
penetrator, um, a pass rusher. And there's, there's definitely a place for a guy like that. Definitely a place. So I'm excited about working with them for sure. All those traits. It's funny, Mike and I are sitting here laughing because he's like explosive. I don't think anytime you use penetrator in a sentence, it, it gets people's attention. Oh, I think so. Uh, it's just one of those words. But um, he's right. We know this. And they paid Grady. And Grady, Grady's not the problem. <laughs> you, you, no. don't, you don't come in, okay, and turn the tape on, Mike, and go, ah, he might be a problem. He's not the problem. No. Now, the, the guy that was good and helped out was Taquan Graham, but he got a little banged up. Yep. But, uh, you know, we still we need to go get that. I mean, you look at the Eagles, and everyone's going to be comparing the Eagles. If the Eagles win the Super Bowl, that'll be what everyone will say. They've got what the Giants had in those two Super Bowls, and they beat the Patriots. Mm-hmm. They've got that rotation. They've got guys, man. I mean, you know, you see it. Jordan Davis is, you know, he's, he's part of that group because Fletcher Cox and Hargrave, they got dudes. And they got dudes that come in for dudes. We've got, we <laughs> got, got guys. They got dudes yeah, on top of dudes. You know, we got guys who came in. Their football card was like six teams in five years. Yeah. Those were the guys we were rotating on defensive line. And so that, that's why we got to change that. Well, that's been part of the issue, though, right? right? I mean, honestly. All right, what about Troy Anderson? Mike brought up Troy Anderson. It's Dukes and Bell at Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. More with our defensive coordinator. And what's the plan, which we'll get into for Terry Fontenot at 5 o'clock as part of our Falcon Report. We will also get back into the Kyrie Irving trade, guys, which happened over the weekend. And it means something for our Hawks now. They'll play tomorrow night. They'll finish up this West Coast road trip. Coming back, they'll play the Pelicans. And then they get the Suns Thursday. Mike and I will be down at State Farm Arena for that game on Thursday. Uh, but but let's hear what our DC had to say about Troy Anderson. Yeah. So sometimes you know comparisons with players, I try to stay away from. You know that's not fair. Um, but he has the skill set. He's big. You know, um, and so and I, and I know you know talking with Troy. You know we got to get him in the building. And, and I haven't worked with him. You know like Grady. Um, there's, I have more exposure to Grady than than Troy, and so, uh, but I am excited about this particular player. Like, there is definitely a place. Um, he does a lot of th- uh, things. His skill set allows him to do a lot of things that fit certain things that we're going to want that position to do. All right, I'm I'm being very general here. All right, so, uh, but yeah, and and he's been awesome. Like, I've had three or four conversations with him already, and he's you know he's back at home and and. Uh, just kind of getting to know each other. So that process is going well. Have you ever worked with Jerry before? Never worked with Jerry. I work with people who work with Jerry. Yeah, talking Jerry about Gray. Jerry Gray, they brought in working with a secondary, primarily amongst other things, and as assistant head coach. Isn't that That was a long soundbite about Troy Anderson. I'm telling that's why. That's why I mentioned it, because I think he really likes I think Troy Anderson can be a little secret sauce. Um, and he said Troy's back home on the ranch. Uh, but but they are getting to know each other. We like the attitude of Troy Anderson, and I like the fact that they gave him a lot more playing time. Here's the thing about Dean Pease, and, and we may not realize this until this year, to Mike's point, if he pops. When Pease realized, like, Michael Walker wasn't playing well, he didn't waste time. He was like, Anderson's in there, right? And Troy Anderson was playing a lot more, which may benefit us this year. Right. So – um, more with the, 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 the D.C. and Ryan right. Nielsen. But I like the fact that he talked a lot there about, about Troy Anderson. That's interesting. Yeah, I mean, that, look, that's a guy you can build on. The big question is, how does Ryan Nielsen elevate Ebicady's game and get Ebicady to where he really, now he's a 9 or 10 sack guy that's really having an impact and tackles for loss. Okay, so if you believe that he helped Cam Jordan and, God forbid, Marcus Davenport, Davenport and Anyamata on the on the D line for the Saints with their pass rush. And by the way, 
Chuck Smith's already a big fan, right? He when this hire happened, he, he was liked like, it. Yes, thank you. So I have to believe that that's what's going to happen here, Mike. That you have somebody that wants to teach it, preach it, and then have it executed. Not somebody who just says on your own time, hey, work on that and I hope you get better. I think that's what may change here with our D-line and our young guys because they're still relatively young. Now, the thing with our defense, I mean, I don't want to get over nerdy with schematics, but because – Go ahead. <laughs> it looks We always get guys on Monday, right, they call in, damn, man, that prevent defense. No, no, it's a cover. It was a version of a cover three. Yeah. There's a lot of moving parts. But one thing for sure, when you don't get blitz – the quarterback can sit back. When you get pass rush, there'd be a blitz. When you get no pass rush from your down linemen, quarterback can sit there, pat the ball, which they did, and pick you apart in the zone. And I think most Falcon fans, like I think I'll speak for you on this, I'd rather go in with my hair on fire, blitzing, sending corners. And later in the season, we send a little more corners, more safeties. Here's what he said today, and I love this. Ryan Nielsen, quote, everything we do, we're going to attack in all phases of the defense. Attack! So that's what I, th- I mean. Now, yeah, everybody wants to dazzle at the first time speaking with the media. But if you have a mindset and you're going to be, you know, do I want to dictate the tempo from defense. How many times have we just taken body shots, Carl, all day long? And that's not on Dean Pease because he had to work with a bunch of average players, let's be honest, guys on one-year deals, et cetera. Yeah. Um, if you can draft right, free agent it right, I love the attitude if you can, if you can implement it. Saints had 42 sacks in 2017. 49 the next season. They ranked third in sacks in 2019. Can we live in that world? Right. If we're living in that world, we're going to have a lot of success defensively. Okay? They were eighth in 2021. Fifth this season. Right. You're telling me that they've been top five, four or five out of the last six seasons? I can live with that, Mike. That Mm -hmm. changes our whole makeup of what our team could potentially be. Now, again – I don't want to get carried away because he had players. We haven't had a Cam Jordan. We hadn't had a no. we hadn't had that kind no. of player. So we'll see how it develops, but I do like what I'm getting. And it seems like he wants to teach, which is something that I think we've been lacking, especially on the defensive line. And they had guys, they drafted guys like Lattimore. Remember him? Oh, yeah. And, you know, he's been un- uneven later, but he, he, made, he was a pro. I, think was, I believe he was a pro bowler his rookie season. If not, he was all rookie. But guys like that in the secondary, you know, just finding some dogs, man. So how much of this. We're going to draft it. We're going to do it through free agency. But a guy who's going to bring a mindset, which I love. And I just think Dean Pease, guys, I know some folks, and I, I loved his attitude. And I think some folks said, man, he's sure talking a lot for a bad defense. His resume was very impressive. It was. You just got to consider. I think, I'm not trying to you know, insult some folks. Well, I will. Some folks think it is a Madden game. But it's not. You've got to have the pieces. Carl just laid it out. We did not have those bodies. Now we hopefully can build it. And then we got a guy that knows how to use it. Period. Yeah. And Dean came in and he was like, you know, I'm going to defend my guys. And the only time, right. the only time that I disagree with Dean Pease is, you're preaching how good the defense was when statistically we weren't a good defense, right? And you're telling me, oh, look, the sky is is yellow and it's blue. I mean, that's mm. what he was trying to tell me about the defense when he was like, look, we're, we're we're doing a really good job. No, you weren't. We were giving up more points and more yards than anybody in the NFL. But he was trying to defend his guys because he knew he didn't have what he needed. Either way. Ryan Nielsen takes over. All right, more on him coming up in 30 minutes. Mike, what do we got in Guy Talk? All right, man, everything you ever wanted to know about a Chinese balloon, all the details have come out and why we didn't shoot this thing down, how many times they've been sneaking these things over. How do you sneak something that's 200 feet big? It's gigantic. They got all the details, so I will satiate your balloon needs, Carl, coming up next. And, but wait, there's more. Every woman in the world wants to sleep with Harry Styles, so why is he going to dress like a woman? We'll talk about it. Coming up on the Grammys next. 
We're going to get growing. Let's go. Back to more Dukes and Bell. Are you ready? On Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. It's time for fun. <laughs> it's time for guy talk. Yes! <laughs> Never mind. It's time for shenanigans. Yeah, yeah. Yes! yeah buddy. On a Monday, brought to you by our Dukes and Bell. Hey, man, Ale. Don't forget, guys, we're on Twitch. All the cool kids are on Twitch or maybe on YouTube as well. Jason, our guy's doing a great job. Uh, Jason's producing so you can watch us on Twitch or even on, uh, what, YouTube and just punch in 92.9 The Game, Atlanta, and you'll find us. I can't I, – listen, it's cool. Um, it's Jason's doing a great job, and he's making us look amazing. <laughs> All right, how amazing – were the Grammys last night? Because you know me, full disclosure, I'm not a big fan of award shows, but from what I've read, and I've read about everything I could and watched some of the highlights, it seems like the show was not too bad last night. Yeah, here's the deal for me. Um, one, I have a, a teenage daughter. Two, I like to be up to date with what's going on with pop culture. And I still listen to popular music, even though I think, Mike, when you get to a certain age, like when you get in your 40s, right. you start to realize you're listening to stuff that you listen to in your 20s and your 30s because that's your music. Right. Right? That's just your life. And last night they did a they did a celebration of 50 years in hip-hop. And I tweeted this out. You know, I remember when the Grammys went at knowledge hip-hop. Right. Like there was no awards. All this stuff like before the show, such and such won. They wouldn't even do that. Okay? <laughs> right. So to see all these artists come out last night, and my wife looked at me and she said afterwards, that was pretty cool. And I said, you know why? Because it's our life. Like the last 50 years, hip-hop has influenced our culture, our life, our language, all the things in such a way. So from that standpoint, it was cool. I didn't watch the show in detail to say I was judging certain artists, but I know, Mike, the criticism was out there. Yeah, and some folks said Beyonce, when she ever going to get, I guess, record of the year, which she didn't get, but she's got everything else. She's won a ton and ton of awards, and it's kind of funny. She was late, apparently, getting to the awards with L.A. traffic. <laughs> and then there was a, a lot of memes out there of uh, Ben Affleck with J-Lo, and Ben Affleck looking bored out of his mind at the awards. I'm just here for you, honey. I'm just here <laughs> for you. So, so uh, I saw this stuff today because I, I, I subscribed to a bunch of the a variety and the Hollywood Reporter, and I, I was talking to my wife about this, and I said, look, I get it. Harry, Harry Styles is, like, one of the most recognizable superstars in the world right now, and again, these guys, they, fashion is a big part of the, the, the new Hollywood, and they want to wear what they wear. I mean, can't you just wear a freaking regular suit for crying? We're in a camisole last night. When he's, I mean, I get it. You, you, that guy can wear a burlap sack, and every girl on the planet will jump his bones, but for God, can't you wear an Armani suit? Just wear a freaking suit. <laughs> the hell, man? And then some people, though, again, I didn't watch, so I have to defer to you, but a lot of people said it was a rather listless performance by Harry Styles. So here's the deal from what I understand, and, and I'm not, don't get me wrong here, I'm not the biggest Harry Styles mm-hmm. fan, but this is what I actually went. I think he came in concert. She went to right. see him uh, with some friends, and you're right, he's huge. But he's known for this gender-fluid fashion. That's the phrase. Okay. Um, that he says, and he feels like icons before him, like David Bowie right. or Mick Jagger did. And he, this is what he, you know he's saying. And then... You know, for the first time, he's kind of opening up, opening up about his sexuality, which leads to the dress, Mike. Okay, right. so when you see him in these these outfits or these costumes, that's what this is all about. And people are saying it's cool; they like it. And then you have that other side that says, "What are you wearing? And what are you doing?" <laughs> again, it's a free country; you can wear whatever you want. I'm saying it's also a free country. I can say you look like an idiot. You know what I mean? So, but again, that's I understand that's the motivation behind it, and that's awesome. And, and if there's folks out there that are dealing with things in their personal life, and they look at Harry Styles and say, "That's a guy that I can say, oh, you know what? I can do this. I can embrace my inner self, and I can express." That's great. But I don't have to watch it. So I looked at it like, "What the are you wearing, dude?" But that's his thing. You know, who also does that is who's the star of Dune. 
that uh, Timothy Chalamet, also, he's always yeah. wearing like sort of like, the, as you said, sort of gender bending kind of stuff. Well, this Bowie started back in the 70s. Well, if you're taking the, the lineage of it. The, the term that they're using is, 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 again, queer baiting, which means you dress a certain way, but you don't claim to be that. And that mm-hmm. is why I think some people get upset about Harry Styles, and so he's recently come out and said, hey, this is what's going on with my sex life, and he's openly talking about it for the first time. But to your point, you want to talk about it, you got to talk about it, and you got to go down this road of what's going on and why Harry Styles is doing what he's doing. So the Grammys last night, uh, the other thing that uh, apparently was big, Bonnie Raitt wins an award. Some people were saying, I didn't know Bonnie Raitt had a song out, which is kind of gets you to the the weirdness of how you can – Pick some of the songs which are, uh, she was going up against, which everybody on the planet knows, which, again, Bonnie Raitt's a tremendously talented Unbelievable. artist. Unbelievable. But this goes back to why I always beef about, you know, judging one piece of art over another. But that's what they do at the Grammys. Yeah, listen, I, I for the for the parts that I watched, because I told you I was watching this Bullies right. thing for the, uh, the Ravens, right. too. But for the parts that I watched and the ones that I wanted to see... It was okay. I mean, I enjoyed what, what I was looking for, which was I wanted to see how they were going to celebrate 50 years of hip-hop, who was going to perform, what that was going to look like. Questlove was involved. I enjoyed that aspect of it. If you ask me about the intricacies of all the jokes and all that stuff, I didn't watch that closely. Right. That's that's what I watched for last night. But again, generally getting better than reviews than not. The only thing with people, I've, everything I've read, now again, I'm deferring to you, was apparently had like uh, like a group conversations of fans of the oh, band yeah. extolling the virtues of why the, this artist should win the award. A lot of people said that was terrible. I did see that. And so, for example, you had an Adele fan, right? Okay. And it was, here's why Adele's going to win the album of the year or song of the year. And they lay out all of the the, the stuff that they feel like right. Adele not only means to them as an artist, but what their music means. And you had that for Beyonce. You had it for Bad Bunny. You had it for every artist that was you know, nominated, Coldplay. Right. So that was the roundtable discussion. And, Mike, it was with fans and not necessarily music people okay. in the business. Gotcha. Okay. That was one they said they'd probably, if they're going to do it next year, that's one they could probably leave on the cutting room floor. All right, buddy boy. It was Friday's show. In the middle of the show, you learned, you turned to me and say, there's a giant Chinese balloon floating over Montana. Yeah, because it freaked me out because it popped up on my, like, big news alert. Like, hello, something big is happening. And I'm like, what's happening? It was a big deal. It was a big deal. So a lot of controversy now. Why didn't we shoot the thing down? Because it was le- loitering over where our missile bases are in Montana, where there's nothing up there in the Dakotas. And so couldn't you uh, conceivably have shot the thing down there when the biggest risk would have been to the lives of prairie dogs? <laughs> <laughs> that's what I thought. You know, that's, I mean, I got to be honest, but it's a lot of wide open spaces out there. But it's just like when Skylab was falling back to Earth, they, here you knew exactly where it was going to fall. So, hey. Everybody in a 100-square-mile radius, That's right. we're going to shoot this thing down. Anyway, now there's stories that are coming out that apparently they've done this before, and then it gets political, of course, because it may have happened under a previous president. So now we're the Chinese are always they're always pushing the yeah. poking the bear, well, he, he or was, poking the eagle in this case. Well, here's the deal. And the Russians, too, but the Chinese, this is their thing. They have done it before. Right. They just haven't told us. Correct. Okay? So... This comes out, and now we find out, and we're like, whoa, because I think most Americans felt like, okay, kill it now. Shoot it down. <laughs> so the thing was 200 feet tall, which is slightly, I'm a big fan of Richard Branson. Documentary was just yeah. on HBO. Yeah. Slightly smaller than the balloon they used to transverse uh, tra- across the Pacific. It's still big. It's gigantic. It's and huge. what makes this interesting, they had a payload that weighed uh, thousands of pounds, and it was about the size of a small airplane, like one of those regional jets. That's how big this thing was. So apparently the military 
They're the ones that said, no, we're not going to shoot it down. We'll wait till it gets over the ocean. Then, of course, they blew it to bits over uh, South, once it got over South Carolina. But a lot of people going crazy, and the, the memes were nuts. They had it carrying boxes of Chinese food. You had all sorts of other things. Can't do the Chinese accent because somebody will complain. But anyway, Carl, a lot of folks had memes. A lot of memes were they, popping they were. They on were. the balloon. The other thing is, can't we now return fire, as it were? Can't we use the Rocky and Bullwinkle from the Thanksgiving Day Parade <laughs> and send it over? Right? And send it over there, and we, and then just to, just to mess with them. Why? Why don't we mess with them? Why are they always messing with us? So here's the deal. How do you know we're not? I hope we are. Just, and they're always trying to steal our technology. Those again, by the how way. How do you know I'm we're talking not? about Red China's leadership, not it, Chinese people? Well, this is the deal, Mike. I think this is stuff that goes on. All the time. Right. And, again, because we found out about this one, Mm. how many more times have we not known about balloons flying over and people going, it's a UFO? Right. Just think about it. I'm telling you, man, we should get Rocky and Bullwinkle, Garfield, uh, Underdog, send them all to China, Carl, and let them float around over there over some of their military (laughs) installations, see what's going on. See how long they wait to blow the stuff up. Apparently, Rocky and Bullwinkle are flying over Chinese airspace as we speak. (laughs) All I could think of was the movie... um, what was it? Uh, War Games with oh, Matthew yeah. Broderick. Oh, yeah. And I was thinking of Barry Corbin, the general, like chewing his red man. All right, get the ass. bams warmed up in the bullpen. You know, like, <laughs> like Norad or somebody would have seen this before it got to Montana. He played that role excellent, he didn't really he? really did. Hey, um, what did you think of the Pro Bowl? We talked about it to start the show. A lot of people are saying, look, you can't have guys playing football three quarters because someone's going to get hurt. So I guess the best we can do is flag football, and the guys seem to be having fun, and if the athletes are loose and having fun, I don't know about playing dodgeball and water balloon toss, but what did you think of the Pro Bowl weekend in Vegas? Better than it was. Now, it's never going to be what it was. Mm -hmm. We're never going back to tackle football and guys blowing each other up. It's just not. The money is too much now, and guys are not going to risk being hurt. But I got to tell you, the way they started playing in that flag football game, right. it got serious. Like, it, it it picked up. The intensity picked up. Mm. You saw guys, like, going at each other. And my point is, and I don't hope this or wish this on anybody, Mike, but when you play like that and you got guys still pushing on you and trying to grab flags, right. you can still blow out a knee. Yeah, I mean, there's really no way. We saw famously Robert Edwards in the beach in Hawaii. Remember that was in the old days of the Pro Bowl? They had a... a Sort of a, a goofy football game. He blew his knee. That was never the same. Former Georgia running back. Either way, people are saying, eh, it wasn't the worst. Some people said, I can't watch this. It's just too goofy. And then finally, Tom Brady. We'll talk more about this in the headlines at 6. But Tom Brady is going to have a gap year between his NFL career and then starting for Fox. So another year of Greg Olson and Kevin Burkhardt as the number one team. A lot of people saying this will lead, as we did, to immediate speculation. And all through next season, as soon as a high-profile quarterback goes down, that Tom Brady will be called to the rescue. And will that happen? It's a good chance that it could. Mm. That's Guy Talk coming up more with our defensive coordinator, Ryan Nielsen, as he talked about Art and his relationship, along with what is this defense going to look like. It's coming up as part of our Falcon Report next. All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod there is. Another fact, so jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.